I'm going to kind of tonight um, just kind of hook the train car back on where we were Sunday, um, talking, you know, a little bit about identity and what we have. You know, the 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 New Testament is a, is a especially Paul's revelation is a story, an ongoing story, ongoing revelation of what we ha- of who we are and what we have not only because of Christ but that because of being in Christ amen so you know a lot of christians still need to get a revelation of unity with Christ being one with him amen instead of us sort of being down here below troubles and trials and tribulations and he's up in heaven and when we have a need we just kind of you know almost like old 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 Testament style worship to get him to pour, you know, open up the heaven and blow, and blow something down on us. But actually that's a kind of a bad picture because, because we don't have to like take it by like, almost like the weather, you know, if, if it rains, it rains. If it doesn't, we, we hang on. It, it's not like that. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. We are, we have been made, um, sons and daughters he has made us that it's not it, we're not working on it we, and we and there's very little we can do to add to it the bible does say that the blessing of the lord makes rich or fat and um uh adds no sorrow to it in other words there's not and uh, one translation says there's nothing that human effort can do to make it better right. hallelujah so we need to see ourselves in the state of being one with Christ. And I tell you, that's one of the strongest messages from this church and this ministry. And it's actually changed my ministry somewhat uh, from the earliest days uh, because I've grown in revelation. Hallelujah. Uh, so that all the blessings of God, the Bible tells us in Revelations, are yea and amen in Christ. Amen? So everything that Jesus has done for us is yes and amen in him. Amen? And so anything we try to do apart from him or trying to impress him or, or, you know, earn something is just ridiculous. Right? I mean, we've got... This is, in other words, it's like the song David Ingalls wrote, that's who I am, that's what I have. That's what I have, that's who I am. And, uh, so these are just pieces because you can only go through so much in 40 minutes to an hour. These are just pieces of that revelation of unity, union, unity, yes, but union with Christ. Amen. And, uh, of course, you know, without getting graphic, we're all adults. We understand the birds and the bees. But uh, it's, I believe it's the reason that the Holy Spirit inspired the writing about a picture of Christ and his church is a groom and a bride. Amen? And so they, uh, in the consummation of their marriage, they become one. Amen? And uh, so uh, that's, that's, the, that's the vision that we have of coming one together. We're, we're no longer uh, an independent person here and an independent person there, but we are 
together as one. Amen? Praise God. So, uh, that's uh, a beautiful thing and a beautiful uh, picture of that. But a lot of people don't see themselves as that. And so they, they, they either have a widow mentality or uh, an orphan mentality even, you know, that they're really, they're really not, they don't really have a, like I preached Sunday, they don't really have a seat at the table. They don't see healing and all the blessings of salvation as uh, bread for the children. They see, still see themselves as standing outside the back door, y'all got anything you can spare kind of thing. And see, that's not who we are. Amen. And we, we need to keep having a revelation of, of who we are in Christ. Hallelujah. All right. So let's get into this and we'll see some, some nuggets here. Okay. Uh, look at, um, Galatians 3 and verse 27. If I can get there. Um, for as many of you as have been baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. Look at that. You have put on Christ. Amen? So whether it's in Christ or on Christ or Christ on you, uh, it's the same idea. Amen? For as many... Okay, we read that, didn't we? Okay, verse 28 says, There is neither Jew nor Greek, There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female, but you are all one in Christ Jesus. Amen. Now, that's why you cannot come up with a doctrine that the Jews have a separate covenant somehow. And, and, you know, the the dual covenant doctrine, which I'm not going to spend time on that. It's ridiculous. It's you don't want to you don't want to teach false doctrine by exposing it from the pulpit, yeah. but I will mention it that there is a even amongst a lot of what we call our own circles, there's a teaching out there that the Jews are fine with Abraham and Moses. They don't really need Jesus, and you know it's all going to work out at the end. But the problem is that Paul didn't get the memo about that, and if you read what he said. He, he said that we're all one in Christ Jesus. Doesn't say we're all one in Abraham. So you can't push Jesus aside. I'm, I'm talking doctrinally. You can't push, push Jesus and his finished work aside and try to come up with some kind of plan B salvation, excluding groups of people. Now think about how bizarre that is. So what if your mother's Jewish and your father's Presbyterian? I mean, you know, so you're half Jewish. Are you half consecrated under Abraham? Where, where does this start and stop? And then do we go all the way back to, if, Abra, if it's from Abraham being the father, then that would include the Muslims. Because, you know, they're, you know, they, they claim Abraham as their father too. So you see, where does this start and stop? So it's a slippery slope on the road to universalism. That's where it is. Just to be frank, okay, sorry, I'll get off of this, I'm promised, but it just bugs me that it's just so readily accepted by people that should know better. I, I, I've told my wife, Scarlett, I've said, maybe I should send them a New Testament. Maybe their New Testament has fallen out of their Bible. But, um, uh, or they, you know, it's, it's, it's in some foreign language they can't read. 
But um, yeah, if you if, again, if you look there, everything that Paul said concerning uh, salvation and deliverance and all the blessings of salvation come only through Christ Jesus. And even Jesus addressed it. There were some Jews that he were talking to him and. And they said, well, we are of, we don't know who you are, but we're of Moses. And he said, no, you're not. If you were really of Moses, you'd believe in me because he spoke of me. (laughs) So I don't know. I guess you just, you know, everybody should have an exacto knife so that when they see a scripture that doesn't fit with their favorite prophet, they just cut that part out and they don't have to read it. But, uh, unfortunately, the whole Bible that's been the canon of scripture for thousands of years, Sure, there's probably been, you know, some screwing around with it by the Catholic Church, to be honest. But uh, pretty much it's it, what's written there is, has been proven to be correct. Amen. At least the majority of it. Amen. And especially the important parts. So it's all important. Don't come to me after the service and tell me, it's not important. I got that. But I'm just saying, you know, the, the essential parts of understanding redemption. Okay. Praise God. So, uh, if, you know, cause if I don't correct things, you know, some, somebody writes me an email or it's nasty or something, you know, like you need correcting. I probably do, but, uh, that's what Scarlet's for to correct me. All right. Praise God. Uh, okay. You are all one in Christ. You, so everything that, uh, uh, Abraham's blessing, everything that is ours, uh, as a result of the finished work, have to come through Christ, or, or it's 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 either been done away with, because Christ said, "I did not come to destroy the law, but to fulfill it," yes. meaning bring it to a conclusion. Hallelujah. Yes. And that was his main problem with the Sanhedrin and the Jews that were so uh, dedicated. Uh, that was his problem: is that he kept saying. You know, I have come to, to, to bring this to a conclusion. Uh, so if your job is in that system, that's not going to be very good news. Okay. Don't everybody shout at once. If you want to exempt the Jews, do it. Knock yourself out. I'm just telling you that, you know, your favorite Bible teacher does that. So you're going to follow it. Fine. I'm just telling you that if you look at scripture after scripture, and Paul made a distinction in the fact that he even said, I trafficked, in the King James it says trafficked, I trafficked in the religion of the Jews. This was when he was, he was standing down Peter to his face for compromising. Amen. I was in a meeting when, I, I, I gotta get off of this, but I'm not gonna, it's just, too, too, too much, too fun to do. But, um, I was in a meeting and the, the, the head of the ministry got up as a big conference and said, uh, we're going to close in honor of the Jews. We're going to close this is a word of faith meeting in honor of the Jews. We're going to close the book table on Sunday. Well, first of all, uh, Sunday has nothing to do with the Sabbath. No, absolutely nothing. The Sabbath starts Friday night at 6 and goes to Saturday at 6. So it would have been the Friday night, Saturday day sessions that the thing should have been closed. And uh, is, and and also, you're not going to get credit from God or anybody 
even even Orthodox Jews will not give you credit for just keeping one little part of the law. Most, uh, uh, Paul said that if you don't keep the entire law, you're guilty of the whole thing. So these little feeble e- uh, efforts are ridiculous. So you close the book table and go eat a pork sandwich. I mean, what's the point? Where are we going to start and stop this? So this is insanity. Sorry, there it is. All right. And if you be Christ, say that means me. Then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Now remember, and Paul said this very clearly. We've been over at this church, you know, a hundred times, if not more. That in Galatians 3, we won't turn there, but just consider it. In Galatians 3, remember, he said that, well, we better look at that, right? Just in case there's somebody that's wanting to throw something at their TV screen. Uh, Galatians 3, remember, talks about uh, the covenant being to his seed. And that's one of the scriptures that's used to indemnify a whole group of people. Is saying, well, see, it's his seed. If you're from Abraham's seed, if by birth, by by bloodline. But uh, Paul makes it very clear here that that's not what he's saying. Look at Galatians uh, three sixteen. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. So see, you, that might be if you're not educated uh, or about it. That or just first glance, you might say, well, see, there that proves right there that they are exempt from. Christ exempt from salvation. But you'll notice he said not, I'm just reading the King James Bible like the good King James Bible Baptist. Those exist. They were protesting the Elfers First Baptist Church one night when I was going home because they're used amplified. All right. All right. Now, to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He said, not unto seeds as of many, but as of one, and to thy seed, which is Christ. Now, let's look at that in the Amplified. I'm going to just drive this in the ground and break it off. Let's just look at this in the Amplified Bible uh, classic. Now, the promises, see, and, and again, it's all this thing about exempting a whole group of people is based on covenant and, and, and agreements. Just if you've ever heard any of that stuff taught, that's, that's what's really uh, emphasized. Well, they have an agreement through Abraham. Well, they don't. They don't any more than the Hatfields and the McCoys. Because it says here, now the promises, covenants, and agreements. Everybody say promises, covenants, and agreements. Okay, so we're talking about the covenant. Abrahamic covenant were decreed and made to Abraham and his seed, his offspring. Notice seed, offspring, and heir is capitalized. What does that mean? Well, it's, 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 it's deity. It's a divine, it's a divine person, a divine entity, right? And his seed, capital S, his offspring, capital O, 
his heir, capital H, he, God, does not say, and to seeds, descendants and heirs, as if referring to many persons. But, and to your seed, your descendant, capital S, capital D, your heir, capital H, obviously referring to one individual, drumroll please, who is none other than Christ the Messiah. So the only connection that any human being has to the Abrahamic covenant promise is through Christ. You can't get there just by being a natural heir of of Abraham. Okay, that that goes over big at the at some of these meetings. I'm assuming it's why I don't get invited back sometimes because I get up and say stuff like that. But it's just I'm only reading Paul's revelation. Sorry. Um, if you find a better one, let me know. What's the point? Well, the point is, uh, the point is that the seed is is any is Christ. We're not even the the, the covenant was not made between God and people. It was between God and Jesus. <laughs> and anybody who is has the faith of Abraham in Christ is included in the seed. Amen? Because we're in the seed. We, we are the seed. We can sing that song David Ingalls wrote, I am the seed of Abraham, meaning because I'm in Christ, but not because I'm you know, I can trace my lineage back through Ancestry.com. Okay. And I've been in meetings where somebody literally got up with a genealogical chart showing, you know, this this bloodline from Abraham, missing the entire point. Amen. We don't need the genealogical chart. We need the Word. All right. You have no idea how unpopular pointing this out is in our circles. You have no idea. And I'm not trying to start a war. Um, but I'm just telling you, oh boy, can I go there? I think that's why there's been so much resistance to the message of grace. Because grace lifts up Jesus. The message of grace, the finished work of Christ, Lifts up Christ like no other message. Oh, wow. I went to a conference in uh, Fort Lauderdale, and unfortunately the pastor went like, you know, wacky. Had to be fired. But anyway, um, I went to a huge conference there. There were 49 denominations represented, all the way from, you know, Missouri Synod Lutheran to Catholics, Presbyterians, you know, like a charismatic type meeting, but it was all centered around the finished work of Christ. And that's where I first saw across the front of this huge church, um, I saw across the front the letters and like this tall to Telestai. Well, I didn't know, I thought it was maybe a TV network or something <laughs> sponsoring the, the event. 
But then I looked it up and I realized it's a Greek word, meaning it is finished. And it not only means it's finished, it's as finished as it can be. And it's as finished as it'll ever be. And it'll never be not finished. It's the most complete word ever. And it is what Jesus said on the cross. Now, he didn't say to Telestai exactly because he would have been speaking Aramaic. It's not an Aramaic word. It's a Greek word. But it, whatever the equivalent of that was, is the Greek equivalent is, is to Telestai. Amen? And the English equivalent means finished, completely finished. And so at that meeting, I, I uh, at that time, you know, uh, uh, my my wife who uh, passed away uh, was with me, and we were at that meeting, and and the songs that were sung, and some of the, the the things that were said. That song we sing, "Lord, I Need You," was the first time I heard that there. Uh, but um, it was the most Christ-exalting meeting I had almost ever been in in my entire life. I, I'm sure God was doing something. Now, are there people that have gone all over the edge on grace and wacky? Sure. But we had people go over the edge and wacky in faith. There was one guy, I won't mention his name because I don't want his family to sue me, but there was one guy, you think, well, we shouldn't be mentioning names anyway. Oh, well, tell Paul that because he's got people named here that will forever remember, you know. Um, sorry. But it's true. And Jesus called people names. Anyway, this the, uh, we're not supposed to, so I won't. But this one minister was was coming up about the same time in in, in popularity and in demand as as Brother Hagen and Brother Copeland. Oh, he was from another uh, part of the country and was known for faith. Was a great faith teacher. There were several of these guys back in the seventies. And uh, just went completely over the edge, nutty, extreme. Like, if you're in faith, you won't have uh, uh, health insurance. If you're in faith, you won't use a midwife to even to birth a baby. Uh, you, you don't take medicine. If you're taking insulin for diabetic condition, you're not in faith. They went to the other extreme of wacky. You understand? <laughs> Praise God. And, uh, so, but here's the point. Brother Hagen, who was my father in the faith and mentor, he never stopped preaching faith just because somebody else was preaching it weird. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, listen, there were divine healing preachers in the fifties during the healing revival that were faking miracles. You know, they would, pay somebody 50 bucks to get in a wheelchair and act like they were walking. and um, But that doesn't mean we didn't continue to pray for the sick. People didn't continue to preach heat divine healing just because there's a charlatan. It's the same with grace. Amen. We're going to preach grace. There's some people that have gone over the edge with grace. But, um, uh, and, uh, but it's not real Bible grace. They're teaching their own version of it and adding stuff in there that's not there. The grace message doesn't say live like the devil and it's all fine. That is not the, that's not, you won't find that in the Bible. And yet there seems to be people that have kind of gone to the, now I don't really personally know anybody that's preaching that, but I've certainly heard accusations that they have. But, uh, okay, so maybe some wacko with, he stuck his finger in the socket and it fried his brain. I don't know. 
is preaching something weird. Okay, I'm getting, I'm getting off of this, I promise. I just am telling you that we're going to, I'm going to preach the truth here, and uh, regardless, and so whatever. All right? 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Anyway, did you get something out of that? The, oh, wait, did I finish? Yeah, I did. Okay, so anyway, Galatians talks there about about that. And anytime you have a question about who's included in, in salvation, all you need is John 3.16 to cure that one. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Asterisk, see footnote below, unless you're one of these groups and then you're exempt. It doesn't say that. <laughs> Amen. So somebody might say, well, you're just hating on people, that you just don't like certain groups of people. No, that's ridiculous. Hate would be to 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 not present the message of freedom in Christ. That, to me, would be the most hateful thing you could do. But the most loving thing you could do is present Christ available to everybody. Amen? I don't care if it's a mass murderer sitting on, you know, electric chair row, ready to go, and there's nothing anybody can do to save him. He still can be saved by grace as far as his eternal soul. Amen? So, you know, exempting people is not biblical. I don't know where we get this stuff from. You know, some I think some people, they need a new drug dealer. Whatever they're smoking is is wacky. All right. That's a joke. You're supposed to laugh. No, I don't know anybody smoking dope. All right. I almost said something I'm not going to say. All right. Okay, I'll say it. <laughs> Might help some of them if they did. Maybe they'd mellow out. I don't know. <laughs> Can you believe I said that? All right. Second Corinthians five seventeen. I, I talking about marijuana. I I was preaching a, in a I was preaching a tent meeting. You know, I did tent meetings for 10 years, Rosie Greer and I. We did tent meetings and, uh, across the, the country and I was, I was somewhere and I've said, you know, I said something like, I have never even smelled marijuana. I wouldn't know what it smells like if I walked past it. I, I've never seen a, a, a marijuana cigarette, you know, and I said, but that's not, what makes me righteous or holy, you know, it's God, I, you know, I'm preaching this, said something like that. After the service, this dude comes up to me, we're in, I don't know, we're in Milwaukee or somewhere, this dude comes up to me and goes, I can hook you up, Pastor, if you want. <laughs> I can hook you up if you want to try some. I said, no, no, that's okay. God bless you. <laughs> don't you love it? We we had our tent up in Brewers Park in Milwaukee. I got this drug dealer. Hey man, I can hook you. You know. <laughs> I said uh, no, that's okay. Uh, well, I didn't want you to do without if you needed something. The thought's nice. All right. There. <laughs> therefore, now now here we have 
um, more of Paul's Revelation. Sorry, we should rename the church Paul's Revelation Church. Because there's just so much good here that we get out of it. You know, just like who we are now. This is where we live, folks. Uh, again, talking about our identity and what do I identify with and as. And so, you know, again, I love gospel music and I love the old songs, but I don't love all old songs. In other words, just because it's old doesn't make it good. Or just any more than just because it's new makes it bad or makes it good or whatever. It's the words that count. And then, you know, if there's some kind of flow to it where you can actually sing it, that helps. But um, so many songs uh, have talked about, you know, our troubles and our trials and our tribulations and our weaknesses and, and you know, and, and almost almost singing as if we're not born again, almost singing as if we're not really saved, if we, if the, the, the work of Christ has not done something for us. And we're singing like we're on the outside looking in. And we need to sing songs that declare who we are in Christ. I am the righteousness of God in Christ, uh, a, a new creature in Him. You know, I am, a, I'm a partaker of His divine nature. And, uh, and yeah, two days ago, maybe you said something or acted in some way that wasn't Christ-like. <laughs> sure, no one here, I'm sure, but uh, in other places. And, uh, you know, so the devil is, the devil's a liar. And he also specializes in doubt and unbelief where the word is concerned. He wants you to doubt what it says about you. He wants you to, to, to not have what the word says that we have. And, um, so, you know, if you base your salvation or what you believe about yourself on your, beha- on your behavior instead of Christ's behavior, you're going to always be in trouble. Because unless you're just perfect, well, the Bible says that we're perfect and entire, not meaning like perfection, like we think the word perfection, but meaning complete, nothing broken, nothing missing. That's what perfect means in the Bible. So this is why we go over these scriptures. I'm trying to help you and myself. I'm helping myself. Because if we, if all we do is identify with our failures and mistakes, our temptations, I've heard people stand up in church and say, please pray for me. I'm so tempted by this and tempted by that. And you want to say, never confess that again. Shut up and it'll get better. Stop talking about, well, I'm just addicted to porn. Well, stop talking about it. Stop thinking about it. You understand? No, let's send them to a porn convention. That they have that Christian porn, not Christian porn, but Christian anti, you know, help the men overcome the porn seminar. I'm thinking, so you go to a seminar that's got the letters P-O-R-N as big as your head, you know, on the door. My gosh, you you could come away addicted to it. I mean, because that's all they talk about. It, sorry, I'm not knocking anybody's ministry. God bless you if you're helping people, then go for it. I'm just saying 
that there's another way to do it than, than focusing on the problem. Praise God. Focus on the cure. Focus on stop, you know, every thought, every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, cast it down. Bring it unto the what? The obedience of the obedient Christian. No, the obedience of Christ. Because of what he did, his obedience, everything can be filtered underneath that and cured and dealt with. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Mm. All right. (laughs) Therefore, if any man be in Christ, say that means me, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Now, one translation says that he is a part of the new creation, meaning Christ and his church, not just you've been changed and fixed up, which is what I believe that said for years, but that we are engrafted. So look at uh, Amplified Classic. See that word engrafted. So the new cre the, the new creation, a new creature altogether is a description, not just of your condition, but a, dis- a description of this new, uh, union joint personage of Christ and his church. Amen. Amen. We're in the new creation. We are part of that. It's not just us forgiven and and the Lord goes, well, okay, I'll let it go this time. No, it's not that. That's such a weak preaching, a weak revelation of this. Ha! The strong revelation, I see I'm about to blow up because I want it, I want to get it out. But look at that. If you're engrafted in Christ, you're engrafted. You're, if, if you know anything about botany or, 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 horticulture, you know, you can graft. That's how they make certain kind of citrus trees. You can you can engraft one type of citrus onto another, and they they put a little dippy something on the end and cut it and 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 then wrap it and 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 pray for it and don't look at it for three days and and then you know it starts to live and grow and then you can grow like you know a piece of fruit. You're engrafted. You're now part of the tree. And you, if you went, if you let it grow for a few seasons, you'll not be able to tell what was naturally there or what's been engrafted. All right. Look. So engrafted in, in, into the new creation, which is Christ and his church. So I want you to see past how this has sort of traditionally been taught of of your, your changed, like your unit, yourself, is changed. That's true. But it's even bigger than that, because it's not just you changed. You're a part of this new creation called Christ and His church. Woo! So you see what, why Paul said that one of the sins that the church members commit is the hand saying to the foot, I have no need of thee, and saying, uh, 
that I don't need church. I don't need to go to church. I don't need, I don't need that. It's me. It's just Jesus and me. Well, Jesus didn't get the memo of the Jesus and me club. He said we're a part of the body. And if you, if you push away the body, you, you, it's like you jumped off the tree. Kinda. Well, that sounds condemning, Brother David. Well, I'm not trying to condemn anybody, but I am trying to get folks to wake up and smell the coffee, maybe. Drag yourself off the sofa and do something. Amen. It'll help you. God did not put the church on the earth for uh, it to be a problem in your life. And you know, all these people whine around. I'm telling you, I just have a little patience for this. I've heard every kind of toxic church story there is, every kind of, you know, uh, they call it church hurt and all that and offended. Listen, we all could be offended <laughs> if we wanted to just carry that around. Okay, so the church you're in, uh, you don't like anybody there and you're not getting blessed. Well, find one you do like. Find one where you like the... What's being preached? You respect the pastor. Something, you know, don't just stay there and fight to the bitter end and then leave and break the door and, you know, have a fist fight in the parking lot with the council. And I'm not making that up. That stuff happens. That would be called in the flesh, just saying. All right. Um, okay. One more little passage of scripture. Are you are you getting anything out of this tonight? So anything that's divisive that that divides us. Let's see that's why that that exempt groups of people doctrine doesn't work. Because you can't you can't split the church down the middle and say, "Well, this group doesn't believe in Christ." They've got Abraham, and this group over here does believe in Christ. So we want the Christian people, don't use the name of Jesus in these meetings, and don't witness to anybody from over there because we don't want to offend them. And, of course, they're telling us that it's impossible for Christ to be the Messiah because he doesn't qualify. So, you know, you got, you, how, do you have a, how do you have any kind of body like that? Anything divided against itself will fall. Amen? Well, we certainly want to do everything by the Spirit. We want to walk in love. Amen? I have, I have friends that I have met, wonderful, nice people. I have Jews that are not complete, that don't want to hear. I mean, they'll talk to you about Jesus, but they aren't, you know, they're whatever, that are my friends that have stayed in my home. I have Muslims. They haven't stayed in the home yet, but uh, praise God. But I have Muslims who are friends, who would be welcome to. I have met Hindus that are the nicest people you'd ever want to meet and would nicer than some Baptists living next door to you. So I, we love the Baptists, especially the King James ones. <laughs> praise God. But I'm trying to, what am I trying to say to you? We can walk in love towards anybody. Uh, 
we have family members who have declared that they're atheists, and we still let them eat a bowl of soup. No problem. You understand? I mean, we're not we're not like fighting. We shouldn't be fighting against anybody. The church isn't here to fight. The church is here to fight sin. No, it's not. It's here to proclaim the good news. We're not the sin, the kung fu sin fighters. <laughs> Ninja turtle Pentecostals, you know. Come on. And people think, well, we gotta get out there and march and we gotta speak up and we gotta, blah, 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 blah. If you would, you put that much time and energy into getting the good news out, it might have something. No, we're gonna become a minority group and we're gonna fight because our rights are being, you know, we, 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 we come like nuts and we sound like lunatics. I'm telling you, how do you preach now, now preach Jesus to them? You just can't do it. You can't have it both ways. You gotta pick. You gotta pick and choose. Well, I'm just gonna stick with this. Amen? Well, if we're not careful, blah, 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 you know. Well, blah, blah, blah has already happened. You know, sometimes I watch the news and I've got the little uh, closed caption things on there, you know. And sometimes I just wish they would just put blah, 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 blah. Oh, the news is on. I tell you what they're saying. Blah, 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 blah. All right. Romans 6. Read this. We'll get out of here on time. So we can go watch the news. The blah, blah. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? <laughs> That's the accusation. God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? See, and that's the thing that we're not realizing is that God's grace has saved us. It says so in, in, in Ephesians 2, 8. God's, we are saved by grace. Through faith. Um, and by the way, the faith and the grace come from God. You don't, you don't conjure it up yourself with, you know, in, like instant grits. All of it's from God. But um, the idea of, well, these grace preachers are in, people are just living in sin and saying it's grace. That's not what Paul said. Paul said, how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? And some of the grace people need to get that revelation that we're dead to sin. We don't have grace, so we can sin. We don't want to sin anyway. And if you're wanting to sin, it's because you want to know the real truth. If you're wanting to sin all the time and commit wrong things, it's because you still have a relationship with the concubine and her son. You have a relationship with the law, and you're rebelling against it because you got a thing going on. Me and Mrs. Mrs. Jones, Mrs. Jones. We got a thing going on, you know. Well, you got a thing going on 
with Hagar. <laughs> and Paul said, you can't do that. You can't have a relationship with the law and sin and then come over here and live uh, with, with, with uh, Sarah. Right? Because the, the offspring of the bond is not going to get along with the offspring of the free. So why don't you quit rebelling? If you're in sin, let me tell you what your problem is. It's rebellion. That means you've got a relation. You've got to have a relationship with something you're rebelling against. It's like wayward teenagers that are wanting to rebel against their parents and the school and everybody. Well, they say, well, I'm so free. I'm going to live like the devil for a while <laughs> and enjoy it. And it's like, no, you're not free. The reason you're doing this is because you've got such a bond relationship with whatever law you're rebelling against. You're not free at all. You're completely bound by the thing. And you're being stupid. It's like one guy said about his son. This guy I know, this uh, really nice man his and his wife, ministry people. Their son, they got a call one night from the police department. He'd gone into a 7-Eleven and tried to steal a six-pack of beer, which is illegal. And uh, they caught him, and they knew his dad was kind of a big shot in the town. And they called and said, uh, you know, we really hate, this is a nice kid. He's just being stupid. He's got some bad friends. Said, uh, we really hate to, you know, file, put charges on him. Maybe you just come pick him up. We'll scare him a little bit. He says, okay, thank you. Appreciate it. He goes to pick him up, brings him home. His wife says, what do you think about this? And he said, he's just going up Fool's Hill. He's got to come back down, which was true. So when we're in rebellion and sin and wrongdoing and doing awful things, it's because we've got we've somehow drifted over to Hagar's place. And we've got some weird, rebellious relationship with the law. All right, that's... Nobody likes that either. You want to blame the devil for everything. Well, how can we blame the devil for everything if he's under our feet? We are dead to sin. Woo! So I don't get up every day and pray, Oh God, oh Holy Spirit, help me to not sin today. May your grace be with me that I do not commit sins against your name. I don't have to pray that way because I'm dead. You gotta reckon, he says this later, you gotta reckon yourselves, um, See, verse 11, reckon yourselves to be dead. (laughs) Who's going to do that? You, you and I, we have to do it. We have to like do this. This is not dead works. This is just, you know, like you can think. I, reckon means, you know what reckon there means? It's not like in Georgia when we say I reckon. 
That's not what that means. Reckon means like you balance your checkbook. You, you, there's a reckoning. Somebody owes you money and you bring a reckoning statement. It's the statement is a statement of reckoning. This is what it will take to bring this balance to zero or whatever. A credit or a payment or a something, right? A reckoning sheet. So that's what he means, reckon it. In other words, have a reckoning. Declare it. Say, I'm free from sin. I'm dead to sin because Christ, I have been crucified with him. This is what this whole passage is about. I'm crucified with him. I'm buried with him in baptism. And I'm raised up with him into this new creature status. This is my identity. Yes, brother pastor, but I'm just so tempted. Shut up. We used to say, we're going to get you involved in the tape ministry. Duct tape. But that's, nobody knows what a tape is anymore. So, notice again, this is all, this is about... Just jump down at verse 7. For he that is dead is freed from sin. So, a lot of Christians and a lot of churches say that they preach the Trinity, but they actually teach, preach a four-sided thing. Because they have a relationship with God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and sin. <laughs> and sin gets preached as much as the other three. And it's all a relationship about sin, and the altar calls are about sin, and even coming to Christ becomes more about sin than it does about Jesus. And 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 when it's time for healing, have you committed any sins? And then we well now we're gonna have a healing line. And I used to forbid people, I said, Do not repent in my healing line. I do not want a bunch of repentance down here and in the healing line. Stop trying to make yourself qualified for what Christ has already given you. Salvation is all inclusive. It includes forgiveness of sins. It includes healing. It includes, uh, you know, uh, prosperity. So don't come down here trying to, I mean, my, I have preachers, Pentecostal that did tent meetings, even as late as the 70s, who said those Pentecostal women would come down in the healing line and pull their earrings off to get prayed for. Because they had been preached that that was sin, and they're thinking, well, maybe these earrings are keeping me from getting my healing. And some of my friends would say, they'd tell them, keep your earrings on. God will heal you, ear bobs and all. I can argue all day and night on this because I grew up with that stuff. My grandma Hall, I love her. God bless her and she's in heaven and she's 300 by now probably. But uh, Granny Hall, you know, I just never forget. My, my mother had this bright idea, my sister and I. I mean, we were already kind of grown, but my mother thought, well, we're going to go to this conference and I need somebody to stay with these children. So they imported her from South Georgia to uh, Augusta, 
which is not in South Georgia. It's in North Georgia. And so I came up there and Sunday night service. My parents are at some conference. And, you know, typical Sunday night, have an altar call to people to seek things. One was baptism of the Holy Spirit. And this woman, that this girl that I know, and now you can't call people's names because you're on the Internet, so you, you, know, you don't know who's listening. She might be watching. But anyway, it's, it's, this is 1969, and uh, young girls wore miniskirts, praise the Lord. And so uh, uh, we didn't see them too much in our church, but w- when, you, when you broke out into the real world, you'd see them out there on the street. And um, so this young lady, she's the pastor's daughter, not, not related to us. I mean, another pastor's daughter of another church. She's down there seeking the baptism of the Holy Spirit with a mini skirt on and actually got re- and received the Holy Spirit. Imagine God, God filled with the Holy Ghost with her bare legs hanging out. Can you imagine such a thing? What's the church coming to? So she gets up, you know, and declares she's filled and is speaking in tongues. They got one of those big chrome Sure, brother's microphone, you know, stuck on the pole and stick it in front of her face so everybody can hear. And, uh, rejoicing. We're home and Granny Hall is fixing my sister and I a little bite to eat after the Sunday night service, you know. And, uh, all I can tell you is that she's mad. Now, uh, a mad woman cooking is a dangerous thing because, you know, they're just slamming down the pots and banging the lids and the, throwing stuff in the sink and the spaghetti sauce is going on the wall and whatever. So she's mad and I know it. And I said, you want to hear this story? I said, Granny Hall, what's wrong? You seem upset. She said, that girl seeking the Holy Ghost is not going to get filled until she sews a ruffle on the end of that skirt. And I said, well, God beat you to it, Grandma. I said, I said, uh, she did get filled and she spoke in tongues. And she said, well, then they were demonic tongues because the Holy Spirit won't enter some. I mean, I grew up with this stuff. You know, there's people that say, why are you so obsessed with dead works and all? Because I grew up in the first church of the dead works. And it ruined people's lives. And it's mean. And the old biddies that were the keepers of the prison, marms, they would go up to people. Somebody's come to the church the first time trying to see what this is about. And they'd go up to them and say, no, we don't dress like that here. I know a word of faith church that absolutely announces, now, this is your first time. Uh, you know, we don't wear jeans in this church. It's your first time, but... If you come back here, don't wear them because it's not respecting the anointing. I'm thinking respecting the anointing. Jesus was out in the street most of the time for his ministry. How much anointing? What in the name of all that's holy does that even mean? And then somebody else chewing gum and here's somebody with their hand out. Usher, you know, you got to put the gum. I wouldn't go back to that church either. Why would you go? You'd just run off. You know, why don't you just put a big sign that you sign an affidavit? These are the rules. Now, people are so used to that that I've had them come to church and say to me, 
Now, what are their rules? And it's like, uh, well, generally we like you to keep most of your clothes on. Uh, and, uh, you know, I don't allow eating in the sanctuary. That has nothing to do with respecting the anointing. It has to do with respecting the carpet and the pew fabric. Because the church that allows coffee, even though I break the rule sometimes, but in churches that allow coffee and drinks and stuff in there, they're all, their carpet's got stains all over it, and the pews look like garbage. So I don't want that. So there's my rule. That's why. It has nothing to do with holiness. It just has to do with respecting the building. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> and chewing gum's bad, too, because if it goes in the carpet, you know, you can't hardly get it up. So th- that, that's it. And we don't smoke in here and whatever. There's not a bar cart, you know. I'm just saying, there's certain things that we kind of do. But, you know, we don't we don't jump on people and tell them, these are the rules. Um, all right. I'm almost done. I promise. I'm over time. That's a bad thing. Uh, that's another rule. Don't preach past 8 o'clock on Wednesday night. All right, you want one more good, really good verse here? They're all good, but we'd have to be here till next week. Look at verse 14, Romans 6. For sin shall not have dominion over you. Amen. Why? There's a colon there. If there's a colon, it means that whatever comes after the colon refers to what was before the colon. But you... I did good in school in English, science and math, not so well. But I I was good at writing. For you are not under the law, but under grace. Amen. Amen. So, you know, there's a lot of preaching about the law, but you might as well call it the curse. And you might as well call it sin. The power of sin is in that law. And Paul said that, remember? So, he says, you're not under the law, but under grace. Praise God. And so, if we want to stay free from sin and it not have dominion over us, then we need to live under grace. Amen? Well, what is grace? It needs to do wrong? No, 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 no. God forbid, as Paul said. But what it is, is a an acknowledgement of Christ's work in us, amen, and who we are in him. So that's our identity tonight, amen. Uh, I remember, I got a couple of more things. I know you're ready to go. Okay, yeah, here, I, wrote, I actually make notes. Look at these huge notes I made. Uh, a couple of tips. Identify only with Christ. You are not like Moses. You're not like David. You're not like the thief on the cross. I've, I've heard people say someplace, I'm the thief on the cross. No, you're not. You're an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. Stop it. You're not the thief on the cross. <laughs> you know, it's sounding humble, but it's really, it's really a slap in God's face. And uh and others others have said, Well, I'm like Moses in the wilderness. No, you're not. You're not in the wilderness, you're in the promised land. Praise God. Well, I'm like David. Well, 
what are you, an adulterous murderer? I mean, really, I mean, you think about what people want to identify with. I'm like, I want to sing a song about being the faith on the cross. And it's like, stop, turn the mic off. Because that's not who you are. Stop trying to, to, to garner sympathy or something or some kind of pathetic poor me story when God's made us more than conquerors. You know? All right, and then the, the last and final straw <laughs> is singing to be like Jesus. That's all I ask. Stop asking for what he's already provided. Well, I just want to be like Jesus, and I could just by the time I die, I can be like Jesus. Again, shut up. You are like Jesus. You're an heir of God. The Bible says that we are made, that when we, when he appears, we will be just like him. Amen. Not, it's not going to happen. It is happened. And then it takes us our entire life to believe it. <laughs> Amen. It's like God's going, I did it all. There's an old, gospel song from the church of God in Christ that says, what more could he do? That's the question. What, what would it have helped if it had his head cut off? What should King Henry been over the, over the, 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 the uh, crucifixions and ended it with a bang? I don't know. I'm just saying, what more could he do? What more could he give up? What more price could he pay? What more blood could he shed? than what he did to make us stand and make us overcomers. What more could he do? Think about that. Amen? We go, Lord, you know, just if you could just do one more thing. He's done it all. He's living in the eternal Sabbath. He's living in the eternal Jubilee. Jubilee. Amen. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm going to stop preaching right now.